To the Sauce Talk podcast. Today's guest is one of the most fascinating young Italian entrepreneurs on this side of the Mississippi. In an age when good family owned multi generational businesses are being pushed out by corporate America, this gentleman manages to maintain that good, wholesome family run establishment that we all get warm inside just thinking about. Inheriting his family business, which opened up initially in 1910, he proudly carries the torch and pushes the brand forward adapting to the modern way of commerce, all while still maintaining that vintage family mom-and-pop atmosphere. He'll serve you a world-famous tomato pie. He'll make you a crab pasta dish that'll blow the button off your dungarees. And he'll also demo your house, rehab it, and sell it to you, all while smiling and playfully insulting you in the most pleasant, offensive Guinea way. Please welcome the owner of Ionelli's Bakery, Vincent Ionelli. What's up, baby? Hey, appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. How long did it take you to get here today? Too fucking long. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help that uh, it was raining like a savage. Well, uh, that and the, uh, you know, I woke up, <laughs> woke up, and I was like, I ain't getting yet. I got plenty of time. I got yeah. plenty of time. <laughs> and then before you know it, here I am. I get here a little bit later than I anticipated, actually an hour later. That's all right. Uh, welcome to the arcade. So before I get into it, um, I want to tell the listeners how I actually found out about you. So I had no knowledge of you until I listened to this one particular episode of the Joe Rogan podcast. Okay. I listened to him religiously and uh, he actually got me into a bunch of comedians that I never would normally listen to. So this particular episode was with Brian Simpson. Yep. And I was like, who's this guy? He looked like a funny black kid. I'm like, let me listen to it. <clears throat> so I listened to it and then they start talking about food and they talk about pizza. And he goes into this long, like five minute description on this gorgeous, cheeseless, beautiful tomato pie, and which I love that. So I was raised on focaccia and right. you know Siciliano pies and all that. The um, that description was absolute to detail. Yeah, that I couldn't even recall. Like how how Brian even remembered all that. Like it was to honestly, it was like completely outlined exactly how he told it. That's exactly how it portrayed to a T. To a T. Yeah, it was a great description, and he you recommended him have it cold. You know, and all that. And after I heard that, I was like, damn, I want, I want to try this pie. Philadelphia is not too far from me. Right. I and Ellie's Bakery. So I said, you know what? It's going to be a good deal. So I, I go on Instagram, and I believe at the time, your Instagram was private. Yeah. I it believe. Was, yeah, it was private. So I had to send you a request. <laughs> yeah, a couple situations going on. A couple, yeah, a couple exes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tugging on the old tug of war with the old Brajol. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I had to uh, go check that out. And, and uh, you know, we started talking here and there. And after, you know, you called me. We started chatting and, and jiving and all that, and you know, I thought you were fucking hilarious. So here we are, and now we're here after a. That was like a couple years ago, I think. Yeah, that was a couple years ago. Yep, actually two years, I think. It might be actually two or three years since Brian was there, and because I, re I remember the call. Um, Brian hit me up, and it was a. Uh, I believe it was in July, and I was already like, I think I was back from the shore or whatnot, or maybe I was at the shore, and he was like, "Yeah, I gave you a plug on Joe Rogan and whatnot." I was like, oh, that's nice of you. Thanks, Bri. You know? And your phone probably exploded well, after that. 
I went on there. I was like, yeah, let me see what, you know, let me see what happened over here. Let me watch it, whatever. You know, there's yeah. all like, it, there's a course to go through it, try to get on Spotify. Cause I wanted to see the video of it. I was like, yeah, let me see. I was like, yeah, of course. Damn. I was like, that wasn't a mention. That was like a full description oh, of yeah. my full blown experience, meeting Vince Ionelli, going to Ionelli's. And then the whole story behind it where, uh, you know, Steve Simone, a good friend of mine, um, brought them in, brought all the comics in, you know, it was Brad Williams. It was Brian Simpson. It was um, Jake. Jake, I'm sorry, I can't remember your last name at the moment. <laughs> it was Rocco. Rocco, once again, I don't remember your last name as well, but I apologize on that. And one, two, three, four. Yep, that was it. That was all of them. So the two headliners were Brian Simpson and Brad Williams. Uh, one was at Punchline and one was at Helium. Oh, okay. And um, Steve had brought them in. He said, yeah, we're going to go see a friend of mine, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Steve Simone, I met... Um, I'm going to say probably about five or six years ago okay. in LA at the comedy store with my good friend, oh, wow. Brett Ernst. I so, wish I'd never been there. I wish. Okay. Dope spot. I mean, I haven't been there in a minute because Brett doesn't live there anymore. And I haven't been back and forth to LA with clients recently, but I would fly to LA, meet my clients roughly around this time, host luncheons for uh, clients out in, um, Orange County, LA County. Okay. And I would meet up with Brett. And then Brett would have a um, a show, a set over at uh, the Comedy Store. And we cruised over there, and I picked Brett up, and we, we drove down and whatnot. And it was dope, because I love comedy since I was a kid, since one of my uncles, you know, got me into, like, you know, watching this, that. I used to watch Def Jam on Friday nights, 12 a.m. midnight. Yeah. 12 a.m. midnight, HBO. Same. I used to record it, and then my little sister and I would watch it the next day and just laugh again, because I would want to watch it with her, because she didn't see it yet. And yeah, she was like, did you record it? Did you record it? You know, she was little. She was four years younger than me. So I'm like 29 again. And uh, so I was, <laughs> I was about six probably when it happened. But anyhow, um, we got to the comedy store and probably go to a set. He was like, yeah, just go chill in the green room. I'm like, I have no idea what that means. Yeah, I didn't know you until know these I mean? Rogan episodes either. So we're in the green room or whatever. And I met Steve and we're talking. I met all these other comics or whatever. And uh the one thing that um, I always knew, just a rule of thumb, like I, I never acted like a fan. I was just like, hey, what's up, man? How are you? And I met Steve, and um, Steve was like, yeah, I'm from Delco, whatever. I was like, oh, that's cool, blah, blah, blah. And we started talking about, I don't know if you recall these, but do you remember the satin jackets, the satin Italia jackets? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, with the button-down ones. Yeah, yeah. All right, the satin Italian jackets. So Steve was telling me this story about like, uh, you know, how like these uh, these two twin brothers, when he would get on the bus, I, I I don't remember, these two Italian kids anyway, when he would get on the school bus or whatever, they had these, these fucking jackets. And he was like, man, I wish I had one of these fucking jackets. And I was like, oh yeah, I know the jackets, blah, blah, blah. Now fast forward, when Steve brings the comics in, like, I don't know who the comics were. I really didn't know who they were. I was like, yeah, just come on over. Let's eat. You know what I mean? I'm all about it. Yeah, come on over. I'll, eat, I'll feed you. You know what I mean? We'll be good to go. We'll have some fun. Yeah, yeah. So Steve comes in. I got him a jacket made. Oh wow! Yeah, like I nice remember. Well, I remembered from what was it? He, you know, I, he was so humbled by it. He was like, "I don't know how you remembered." I was like, "Dude, I never forget people. I just yeah. don't." You know, I mean, it's just something that was instilled with me since I was a kid. I always remember people that are just like just good, nurturing people. Steve's a gem. You know, Steve's a yeah. uh, a good guy. I mean, all those guys are really good. You know, they're really nice guys. Uh, when you really get to know them, I mean, not the set, just who they are. I'm you know? sure, yeah, awesome people. And their stories are just like life changing. But uh, yeah, so you made him that nice jacket. 
Yeah, I got the jacket made for him, whatever. And he was like, I, I, I can't believe it. I mean, it was the whole thing where he, you know, he got the jacket on and whatnot. And um, then I went to go see, I don't know if I went to see anybody that night. I may have went to go see Brad's show. I don't, I don't recall, but maybe not. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, um, and I made friends out of that. Out of that one day. I made friends with Brad, Brian, Rocco, Jake. That's awesome. And then from there, I just became friends with a lot more comics uh, moving forward. You know, I'm sure they would. Every time they were in town, they would come bring them by or hit you up. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I made good friends with Jimmy Schubert. He's a he's a class act himself. Uh, obviously, Brett. I've been friends with Brett for over ten years now. Yeah. And uh, you know, Michael Yo became friends with him. He's hilarious, absolutely hilarious. <laughs> um, he came over to my spot um, October October. 21st. Yeah. Oh, dope. October 21st. He actually shot something in, shot a little segment whenever I seen him. He was, uh, he was definitely, he's definitely a humble guy. He's, he's a good dude. Yeah, most of them, I haven't met many comics, but the few that I did, they're all very, at least the ones that I met, they're very nice. Have yeah. interesting stories, interesting upbringings, and they're obviously hilarious for Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, um, like I said, like growing up, my uncle would listen to um, Dice Clay. Oh, the best. He would listen to Dice on the way up or whatever, and he would just be laughing because my uncle lost his license. <laughs> my uncle lost his license, so he had to. He would have to get like Ubered from my other uncle. Yeah, yeah. So they used to live in King of Prussia. I mean, they, most of them still do, but my uncle would have to sit in the back. So they would buy um, um, a line van. My grandfather would sit in the passenger seat. My other uncle was a designated Uber uncle driver, and <laughs> my uncle Dave would be on the left, and my uncle Claude would be on the right. And then I would be in the back because I would go up and back and forth to my grandmother's house to hang out with my uncle Claude or my uncle Dave because they were oh, both okay. single or whatever. And my uncle Claude was in like, you know, hunting, guns or whatever yeah. and comedy. He was always so funny. And my uncle Dave was like, you know, um, more uh, more conservative in a sense, like it would show me how to clean the car. And, and each one of the uncles taught me something. And then my grandfather would break balls the entire time. My grandfather didn't even need a cane. He would have a cane and be hitting my uncle in the back. <laughs> and it would just be hilarious. Or my uncle Claude would be like, listen to the headphones and listen to the dice and just be dying. I'm like, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? He's like, God, oh, you know, dice clay or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, I got to listen to them too. Then I got to, I love you know, dice. I got, he's probably one of the most hilarious people oh, I've ever same. seen and stand up. I caught him in AC the, the one uh, one weekend, like uh, about a year or two ago. Probably one of the best shows I've seen. He, he kicked people out. It was hilarious, <laughs> absolutely hilarious. I was so shocked to find out he wasn't Italian when I was a kid. Oh no, I was so shocked because he totally. I mean, I guess that's like a lot of people in New York. Um, they all sound kind of like that, so they adopt that. Uh, you know what I mean. Well, listen, I mean, that. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Most Italians want to be Jewish or they act Jewish. And most Jewish want to be people Italian. act like Italian. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know who I am? I'm like, yeah, yeah you know exactly you are. You're a jeweler. <laughs> one, of the, one of the most influential uh, cultures of all time. Uh, 100%. Sure. And I have a lot of Jewish friends and I have a lot of Italian Jewish friends. Yeah. I'm also Italian Jewish at times as it can be. They like that money. Right. You know what I mean? They like the, uh, the Jewish influence of the money. <laughs> um, yeah, but good stuff. Good. Good um, I, I want to go back a century and I want to <clears> talk about your family uh, lineage in detail. I want the history back up before you were born. Um, so your grandparents, uh, Terry and uh, Myrna, Myrna started uh, Ionelli's Bakery back in 1910. Is that correct? No, my great uncle had started it. Oh, your great uncle started yeah. it. He built the he built the oven and all that. I mean, listen, this is all hearsay. What I hear from my grandparents. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what they told me. I'm sure the story could change multiple times, especially with an Italian family. But that's the story that my grandfather had told me, that he built the oven, whatnot. And my grandfather at the time was doing, I, I think he was doing like landscaping or butcher, something like that. And then my grandmother was doing like pottery or something like that. My, my grandmother was a wood bride. Ah. She was a wood bride. She came over from the old country with my grandfather from World War II. Interesting. Terry. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. So, so actually who started it was your great aunt and uncle, he said. Right. Oh, so they started it first. Okay. I didn't hear anything about the aunt. I knew it was the great uncle. I mean, great uncle, yeah. I didn't, mean, I didn't hear anything about her. I don't know what happened to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Were they? Uh, wh where were they migrants from? Italy or Sicily? Or Sicily. Ah, I figured. Yeah, yeah I figured it was Sicily. What, what, what was their story, and, and how did they get started in this country? Like, what made them move to Philadelphia? I couldn't tell you that history. I can only tell you what I know from my grandparents. Yeah, of course. You know, so my grandparents, uh, my grandfather was born here, and then my grandmother was born in, uh, in Italy. And then my grandfather was there for World War II. I guess that you know they met me. Met my grandmother, as my grandmother would say, Richie, he couldn't take his eyes off of me. <laughs> and if you ask my grandfather, he'd be like, Yeah, we got the INLA gene. You know how that goes. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you gotta love it, man. You really, you really do. Um, do. Do you have any idea? Did your grandparents ever tell you what made them decide to open it? Uh, the bakery. I think it was just the fact that like uh, they wanted to have their own. You know, okay. That's like the American dream, anyway. You know, you want to have your own, have your, you know, be able to come to this country, have your own uh, business in a sense. Yeah. And they were just very hardworking people, and they, um, that's what they did. And you know, it, it's just like I tell, I tell everybody in any interview, excuse me, tell everyone in any interview. I'm going to give him a key. He's like, okay, good luck. <laughs> There's no recipe. Yeah. There's no anything. Figure How it to, out, kid. Hey, here you go. Here's the key. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Nothing else. Uh, give me the um, the history of the tomato pie. Um, it, it started, I hear two things. I hear when they came from over from Italy or Sicily, uh, it went to Brooklyn first, and then it went to South Philly. Because uh, in, in, in uh, Brooklyn, they call it a grandma pie, if I'm correct. Yeah, they call it a grandma pie, a church pie. There's very different names for it, but it's, yeah. at the end of the day, it's a tomato pie. It's a cheeseless pizza. It's a peasant food. Yeah. Um, that's more or less, I think, a staple in, in like the Philadelphia, South New Philly, Jersey, right? yeah. New York area. And they, uh, since it started in 1910, I was trying to look up um, different... Uh, other bakeries in the area that also serve tomato pie because you're, you're not the only one, but it seems that Ionelli's was probably the first in South Philly. Yeah. We're, we're probably one of the oldest, I believe. I mean, I don't know yeah. the exact, you know, uh, timeline. If we're like the oldest, but I've heard that before where people are like, I think you're the oldest place. Yeah. I said, maybe. Yeah. Cause I was looking up, uh, names were popping up like Sarcones yeah. or, or if I'm even pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. Sarcones. Yeah. Taconelli's and, and Coropolis or whatever. Yeah. Joey's place. And all those were, 19, you know, 18 and above. Right. They, they weren't. So it seems that your place is the first ever, which is pretty bizarre. It's pretty I mean, awesome. I'm still waiting for the key from the city, but I haven't got it. <laughs> I mean, maybe they lost it somewhere. They got to ask for St. Anthony, I guess. Yeah, St. Anthony, so. find it. <laughs> so back when the, when the um, bakery started, what was the main product that was uh, consumed? Was it the tomato pie? Was it other things or was it a multiple? Tomato pie and the bread. And the bread. The That's bread. It. We make a Tuscany style bread and we used to deliver, my grandfather used to deliver it to uh, multiple, multiple five-star restaurants where it's like quality over quantity. So there these other places that popped up that now serve the bread, you know, yeah. it's all volume. It's not, uh, you're not getting that, 
you're not getting that crust. You're not getting that um, the quality, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, and just not. I mean, I could just tell the difference from some of the establishments we used to deliver to, and uh, we don't. We no longer deliver to. And you know what they serve is bread or whatever. I'm like, man. Eh, yeah. Eh. Uh, during during the bakery's inception, how many people worked at the bakery at the time? Was it just your great uncle and maybe your grandfather, or was there other no, employees? No, my grandfather. No, it was my grandfather, my grandmother. Uh, they would have a couple people working for them, and then it was my cousins as well. And then, um, I guess as I got of age, probably at like fucking, you know, like seven years old, actually nine years old, I started working. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was yeah. Uh, selling, first I started selling eggs on 9th Street. Oh, yeah? Yeah, $15 a day. Yeah, my, my mother was like, you got to go get a job. It was Saturday. It was a Saturday. I remember I used to break my sister's bowls like endlessly. Like I was the big brother just breaking balls. You yeah. know what I mean? Nothing's really changed since then, only we're just older. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So she was like, yeah, go get a job. I'm like, all right, go see if your grandfather needs help or whatever. So I went to my one grandfather who owns a specialty food uh, company, which I would take the drive with my uncles. That's the family. That's that side of the family. So that's my mother's side of the family. Oh, okay. And uh, he gave me a job uh, after I was selling the eggs. So I get $15 eggs, you know, $15 a day to sell the eggs. I was just selling produce on Ninth Street, but selling eggs specifically. Okay. And even at that time, it's crazy. I had marketing ideas when I was a kid. I mean, and the, the one year I had my aunt uh, make me a Santa Claus suit, I was like, we'll sell more eggs. You know, around Christmas time. I was like 10 years old, dressed as Santa. Wow. And I did sell more eggs, but for some reason, I still got 15 fucking dollars. <laughs> you didn't get but, any yo, extra. How about a little bit of fucking, you know, respect here? <laughs> Give a little boost. Yeah. How about maybe an extra fucking 10? <laughs> you know what I mean? Goddamn, uh, what do you call it? Um, what was the game? Oh, shit. What was the game that just came out? Like like Mario 2 just came out or something. And I'm like, yo, I, I got to yeah. go buy this. You know, yeah. fucking $45. I know, right? Yeah. So from that standpoint, my. My uh, my other uncle gave me the job. I'm sorry, not my uncle. My other grandfather gave me a job. And um, the job just wasn't for me in a sense. Like he, I was like, okay, what do I got to do? He's like, guy, go sit over there and make sure you know nobody steals. I'm like, that's it? <laughs> just sit here like a dick? Like a security like guard, Like a yeah. fucking dick? You know what I mean? Like like they're, they're behind the counter. They're all having fun. I was like, and here I am like You're in a different duck. world. I'm in a different world over here. <laughs> You yeah, know, it's no good. No, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, I'm about to steal something just so I could fucking report something. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, yo, <laughs> this guy just came in and stole Nutella. You're bored. You're a kid. You don't want to sit. And, and I guess dog. what? I was pocketing a little Nutella for my sister and I. I was like, who's going to miss this? This is the good shit, too. You were I mean, lying the, in the cargo pocket. The Nutella with the glass jar, not the plastic. Yeah, the good You stuff. know the difference with, with, when it's in the glass? No, it tastes way uh, different. It's in Italy, that one. What? Yeah. And, uh, right it tastes in, way better. Right. Brought it back and me and my sisters were like, oh, look what I I got. I mean, like I was a fucking Nutella oh, drug dealer. Shit. <laughs> so he gives me that job, twenty dollars. I said, okay. I made a five dollar bump. Yeah, a little. But boost. I'm, I'm sitting here like a dick. <laughs> so then I start doing a little bit of work at, at my other grandfather's, which is the bakery, and my grandfather's giving me thirty five dollars. Ooh, ah, that's an upgrade. Was, yeah, I was waiting on customers a little bit, but I was in the back, you know, making the bread, doing this and whatnot. How old were you at this point? I had to be about like 10 or 11 at this time now. Maybe 11. When were you born? Are you around my age? Uh, no, I'm not. You're <laughs> way older than me. Probably. I was born in 86. Yeah, I was Yeah, I was born in 96. 
No way. Yeah, wow, real. you're fucking young. I really feel old. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, <laughs> you look young, but I didn't know your actual age. Yeah. A lot that of people makes, don't makes either. Sense. <laughs> it's a mystery. Yeah. Man. Oh, God bless, man. Good for you. So yeah. you started there around 10, so. Wow. Yeah, so hell. Damn, I was I was out of fucking high school when you, when you started working there. Holy <laughs> shit. Man, between you and the last guy I interviewed, I feel like an old fuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah. it's all right. You're only as old as you as you uh as yeah. you think you are, right? Oh, yeah. so that's when you started. So you got that that bump, that bump in pay. So, yeah, so I got the bump in the pay, and then so then I went back to my other grandfather. I was like, listen, I said, I said, Grandpa Cheese, because I had Grandpa Cheese and Grandpa Bakery. That's how we would differentiate the names of which grandparent we were speaking of. When I told when I would tell the story to my sisters or my mom, and I would say, oh, you know, I said uh, I took, went to Grandpa Cheese, and I was like. I was like, oh, I said, I said, uh, my other grandfather's giving me 35 or whatever. Cause I'm like, all right, negotiate. I got to negotiate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe I get 40 from him and then I'll stay over here with this, this dick job I got. Yeah. Double up. So like a typical Italian, ah, we'll go over there then. <laughs> yeah. Get lost. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> no problem. I'm out. Yeah. I went back and ever since then I was there. I never uh -huh. went back to uh, mother grandfather's. I worked strictly at the bakery because I had more rain. That's why. Yeah, yeah. I had more rain. Like I would have, you know, more um, more way to advance, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Of course. You know what fascinates fascinates me rather about them um, uh, when Italians came from the old country is is you know they came here and half them didn't know a lick of English. Maybe right. maybe even more than half. Right. But they all managed to become like really successful business owners, construction workers, masons, and that money's long, man. I've I known tons of Italian kids that have, have had businesses passed on from generation to generation. Right. They own properties all over the place. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how they came here not knowing, not knowing shit about the country, and right. they were just able to just capitalize on that. And oh, yeah. you're I mean, a product of that in a sense. I, right. Well, most of the, uh, you know, most of the Italians that migrated here, I mean, they had, first of all, you had to learn English. That's number one. And number yeah. two, they, they were most, they were the only bricklayers. Yeah. I mean, they were the bricklayers that started for, you know, other, uh, other cultures to get into it afterwards, but they yeah. were the original bricklayers. Yeah. That makes, <laughs> makes total sense, but it's amazing. Cause I know there's, there's tons of, I mean, you should know in Jersey, there's tons of Jancarellis all over. That's another last name. That's really uh -huh. big in the North Jersey area. And they all have, you know, grandparents that pass the business on to them. And uh, it's amazing how uh, most of the kids, the generation, sometimes as the generations go further down the line, you see like the new generation kids, they don't really want anything to do with it. Right. So it's pretty uh, remarkable that you uh, continue to stay in the yeah, family business. Yeah, we keep the tradition going. I mean, not exactly in today's world and how it should be, but I mean, that's just the way I do it. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Did you did you enjoy it at first? Besides the bump and pay, did you enjoy that that lifestyle and being in the bakery and learning the business when you were a kid? Yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed it. Um, but I had it took a lot of different experiences for me to understand, you know, what direction I was going to go in. And obviously, sometimes with you know um, my family, you know, with any with anybody's family, sometimes you got to strong arm people for them to understand. Your value, of course, in in a, in the business or in the family in general. Like, what's your like? I bring a lot of value, yeah. You know, between the ideas, the work ethic, and the connections. Well, clearly, I mean, from the outside looking in, you seem like a real go getter, and and you're a hard working dude, and you oh, know, yeah. you really keep at it. So that's obvious. I can oh, tell well, from just not even knowing you. 
personally. Uh, well, I mean, that's 100% true. I mean, most right. of the women I date don't want Happy Meals. So they're, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. They want you the know? lobster and shrimp. <laughs> you know, which, and so do I. So I got I to hustle for that. Most of the time, I date myself anyway at the restaurant. I'm there by myself. I know, Just enjoying right? a nice meal peacefully, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so before you actually took over the bakery... Uh, were they kind of grooming you for that and preparing no, you? No, or it was nothing that... like that. It was nothing like that. Really? I, yeah, a lot of times people do think like, ah, this was just handed to you. Like, you have no fucking clue what I had to go through. What'd you, well, it, enlighten <clears throat> me. What'd you, what'd you have to do? How, how'd that process go about? Um, it's interesting to me. I like that those type of yeah, origin well, stories. You know what? I, like I said, you had a strong on the situation before the people understand your value. So I was like... um. A couple things I ran into, like where I had to roll out, I would just move to Florida. I just rolled out and moved to Florida. I just left. Wow. I left this, I left a, a relationship. I, I was like, yeah, I got to go. You just I'm got out. up and went. Well, I mean, certain things with that too, I had to go. So I, I left this uh, relationship situation. My family was like not understanding the value. I was not getting value all around between the relationship, family, and the business. Like I, they weren't, weren't allowing me to grow. Okay. The, the, the shop has a lot of potential to grow. And I was like, I'm not getting that. So I got to go to Florida and, and do me. And, uh, you know, give me a call when you guys figure it out. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was down there probably a couple of years. <clears throat> Where in Florida about? Um, I started off in Daytona Beach. Did you know anybody there? You just nope. got up. Oh. Nope, nope. Similar nope. to the Italians coming over here. You just started a new life. I just rolled out. I rolled out. I became a certified marine mechanic. Really? Yeah. Oh, so that probably... <laughs> Uh, translates to what we'll talk about later, you being a spear fisherman. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, well, yes and no for that, but I'll let you know I'll, when we get to that, I could uh, elaborate a little bit further than that. But, uh, excuse me. <clears throat> anyway, I moved down to Florida. I was in Daytona. Then Ormon, I think, I, I believe it was Ormon Beach, which is right outside of De Daytona. And uh, became a certified marine mechanic. And then started moving my way down to like Lauderdale area, Miami area. And then before you know it, I had three different jobs. And uh, probably one of the best times of my life that if I did get into spearfishing at that moment, I probably would have never left. Oh, yeah. You, you know, would have loved it too much. I, I probably would have never left. Yeah, I mean, I, just being on the water is just a, a phenomenal. You know, it's just like the tranquility of it all. You know, just relaxed tranquility of just being in the water and not think about anything. Yeah. You know, yeah, I could imagine. I, 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 for one, I'm not really into the ocean. It right. intimidates me, <laughs> so it's just not. It's just not for yeah, me. Yeah, I know some people are like the unknown. They don't know. They don't like the unknown. For me, I'm like Aquaman. I'm like, ah, yeah, I just made friends <laughs> with fucking Flipper over here. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm gonna ride this dolphin to the Bahamas. I'll yeah. see you guys on the way back. Yeah, I, I can tell though <clears throat> if if I got over that fear and really got to in, embrace the water and enjoy it, it's definitely probably a freeing uh, feeling. Like I yeah. know guys that are surfers and stuff and. You know, when you're doing anything like that or swimming with the fishes right, or right, being right. a spearfish, you really feel one with nature. And it must be nice. I just, I'm never going to know. I'm too much of a pussy. Uh, no, I, I feel you. You I know what you. I mean? So after, after you went to Florida and you got that uh, that license and whatnot, what brought you back? And, and was as oh, soon as you came back? Uh, you no, went, I didn't come back. My father called me and he was like, yeah, so what do you want to do with the business? Whatever. I was like, ah, I was like, send me the credentials. And I had my attorney take a look at it. He was like, what? <laughs> he was like, what? I was like, send credentials. <laughs> And I had my attorney take a look at this. What the fuck? I said, I'm not just going to leave here and roll back up and be back in the same position that I was already you're at. You're smart, man. Yeah. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just not doing that. Hey, you're a real businessman, and, for sure. Uh, you know, came back up. And unfortunately, at that time, my grandfather was uh, passing. 
Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, it was a it was a good man, and uh, you know I took that over. Your father wanted nothing to do with the business. No, nah, that wasn't it. It's like my father didn't have the capabilities to do it at that time. My father was really great. He was above his time. He was beyond his time. My father had a pizzeria known as Captain Pepperoni. Oh yeah. And he won. He beat out five hundred pizzerias back in nineteen eighty one. No shit, Captain Pepperoni. And that was that was uh, in South Philly as well. Yep. Was that and, on the same street? What's that, Passyunk? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Passyunk, but it wasn't on the same street. It was like on McKean Street, not the McKean. But here's the thing. My dad had girls um, <laughs> roller skating that delivered pizza. Oh, uh, like fucking, what Sonic? <clears throat> <clears throat> like that that chain, that fast food chain, Sonic. They come uh, out on the skates and serve you the pie. Dude, uh, I, don't, I don't know about that one, but my father had that <clears throat> where girls would go and deliver the pizzas. So- or my father would put, tie like something on the back of the motorcycle and pull them. Get the fuck I out of here. I shit you not. You have pictures of that stuff? I have pictures of my dad dressed in his outfit. Like my dad had an outfit. It wasn't like. Yeah. It was like a domino outfit in a sense. But he was, it was like his own mascot. Pepperoni. He was his own person. I got to see pictures <clears throat> of that. That's amazing. Yeah. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be bringing that trademark back. You know, the Captain Pepperoni for what I have coming what I have coming in for the future. Oh, of that's Ionelli's. exciting. Yeah, we're going to make stickers that. and all that. Pins. Well, we're bringing all that back. I'm bringing that back as the mascot for what's what's soon to come with Ionelli's uh, in the new generational of I want it now type Ooh, thing. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I yeah. can't wait. Um, So how old were you when you, uh, after you got the credentials? <laughs> how old were you when you took I over Ionelli's? I don't recall, actually. Yeah. I just don't recall. Happened. You're trying to figure out my age over there. <laughs> like, I keep trying to dodge. Like, oh. <laughs> no, I just, I just like, uh, it's innocent. Trust me. I just like origin stories. And I just like to, uh, you know, it's the yeah, journalist you, you, in me. That's fine. You can cut that part out. Yeah, that's fine. We'll give it a chop. Um, I always wondered, uh, did you ever at any point after you took it over, did you ever feel like a, a great deal of, of a pressure just lurking over you, carrying the torch and, and continuing on the family business, that must feel like a great deal of weight on your shoulders. No, nah, it didn't feel that way at all. I was just good. You know, I, I started changing things like immediately, like a couple of years after that. Like, actually, I think it was in the transition part of changing everything. Like I wanted to add uh, some additional equipment in. I want to remove some additional equipment. There was a lot of things that I've done into that place where, um, you know, old schools don't like the change, you know, until you start showing them what the, um, what the outcome could be with the change, you know, yeah. the, the evolution of it. Yeah. So once I did the change, I was like, okay, that works out better. Cutting costs with certain things. And then obviously expanding the menu for what it is, as opposed to yeah. bread and pizza. You're not going to survive with bread and pizza. You're just not going to, because I no longer wanted to do the restaurants. Cause I seen the struggles my grandfather would endure by just trying to collect the payment. Like, you got to be yeah. kidding me. Fucking five-star restaurant. And, you know, sometimes they're making this guy wait like two, three weeks. The fuck you mean two, three weeks? I mean, yeah. you go in a couple of, what's that? A buck and a half at the time? Or a buck 75? Yeah. I ain't doing none of that. I'm not doing it on that. Because the way I also looked at it, like, I can never close. Yeah. Because if I close, then I don't have the op opportunity to go do something. That's true. Because now you have to stay uh, obedient and discipline for the, you know, for the clientele because they need the bread, you know, you know, whatever it is, Tuesday through Saturday or Tuesday through yeah, Sunday. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I wasn't doing that. Yeah. That's, that's got, I'm not going to change my lifestyle because, you know, I was like, nah, we're going to get rid of that and we're going to, we're going to add additional, um, 
equipment to do sandwiches, uh, you know, a bunch of other things. Yeah, that's the <clears> thing <throat> about the, the older generation that they're very stubborn, especially Italian older generation. Italians are, can be stubborn in general, but the older generation can be real stubborn. It's their way uh, or the highway. Wow, well, listen, I mean, a lot of families don't talk for 15, 20 years. Yeah. No, it's you know true. I mean? It's true. It's yeah, sad, we're but true. all there. I mean, I, I yeah. got that too. <laughs> That's why you need uh, the businesses that excel are like like, like a, a young person like yourself coming in and, and, and reinventing the wheel almost and changing some things, keeping the core of I and right. but then keep the core. pushing the brand forward with newer right. things to keep it moving. You have to go with the times. You have to go with the times, 100%. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. um, as an adult now, right, getting older since you've been in it since you were a kid. Um, do you find yourself enjoying it more now, especially that you, you're the owner and do you enjoy keeping the brand alive or does it sometimes feel like, eh, this is kind of like repetitive and annoying? No, I don't feel that way at all. I feel I keep the brand and I keep the tradition going, but I keep it under my rules and conditions. I mean, because I have all the things going on, but I still want to keep tradition going because it is a nice break. Yeah. Like I was there yesterday and it was like, it was, it's fun. You know, it's a different story when it's fun. When something's fun, it's always going to be fun. Yeah. You know, and yes. you don't mind, you don't mind doing it, you know, because yeah. it's enjoyable. Then you see people you haven't seen in a minute and then you just, you know, bullshit with somebody or seeing how they're doing. Hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Or when you have somebody come in and man, I used to, you know, my dad used to take me around as a kid. I can't believe you saw the tomato pile. Like, yeah, those traditions that people are accustomed to, they can't find anymore. And That's you're not going to find that, you know, because it brings back a memory for someone. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> you know, that bakery brings back a memory with my entire family. And it's unfortunate that they're all gone, basically. Yeah. You know, so that's also a tougher road. You know, when people say, I mean, I should be here every day. I'm like, I should be here every day, really? <laughs> oh. You know, the one year when I gave up electric for Lent and I didn't know about it, where were you at? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, where were you at when I needed that extra sale? Where were you, you at? You know how it is. All that shit's easier said <clears throat> than done. Yeah, so... Um. It's more enjoyable the way I do it now. It's so much enjoyable, and I really enjoy it that way because it reminds me so much of my my family, my great aunt, number one. I mean, she was my best friend. And, uh, you know, even my grandfather, because the shit that we used to do in there was just comical. And I just remember that. Even my little sisters and I, we'd be climbing on the flower bags because my grandparents lived upstairs at the time. Then we would go downstairs and play hide-and-go-seek or just, you know, break balls or something. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. So those memories that people come in and be like, and they taste something. Uh, number one, food always brings people together, of course. in my opinion. Uh, and number two, the memory that you get from having something that you had when you were a kid just brings back a memory of who you were with and the engagement from it and also the happiness and joy that it brings to you if yeah. that person is no longer. Yeah, yeah. You know? So to me, I'll, I'll continue to keep that tradition going because it makes me happy. You know, I see people come in and yeah, that's beautiful. We, yeah, or we talk even with new clientele to come in. You know, I'm not the run of the mill kind of place where you're a number to me. You're somebody, and I value your time, and I appreciate you stopping in. I'll break your balls when you come in, of course, but we'll yeah. laugh, and then we'll be friends about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. usually how it goes. No, that's the good old fashioned Italian way. You yeah, know? you gotta be friends about it, whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, it. It's that family, <laughs> that sense of family where you can bust each other's balls, but you have a good time and. You, you, like you said, you're not just a number. You're not coming in there and let me get this and leave. No, how your no. kids doing, how you been. Right, Here, right. taste this. You yeah, want a piece of that's fucking- it. That's it. I do that all the time. You want yeah. this? I made, uh, what did I make yesterday? I made uh, Zeppelis yesterday. Oof. I made some Zeppelis yesterday and uh, every customer's coming in. I'm just like, all right, here's a Zepp, eat that. All right, eat that. Yeah, eat I'm a that. fresh piece, yeah. Yeah. That's if you don't great. eat it, then uh, you can't get anything else in the <laughs> shop. You know what I mean, really, I mean, you know, you don't get yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about this famous oven that, that pumps <clears> out. 
uh, not only all these pies, but everything else you make. What's the history behind? It? I know you briefly touched on it before. So it's a um, it's a Roman arch brick oven. It's twenty feet deep by seventeen feet wide. Wow. Okay, and it was uh, built in nineteen ten. It used to be steam fired. I think my grandfather told me it was coal at one point. Oh, okay. And then he transferred it to to oil. Hmm. Yeah, it's no longer oil. Yeah. I mean, it's just not. I mean, I never understood the whole process of that because there was, I felt like there was a lot of wasted time involved in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then when the oil spiked in 07, um, <clears throat> we all got that guy. You know, we called that guy up. And yeah. I was like, yo, I got so this just came off the truck. <laughs> I was like, all right, even if it didn't come off the truck, the, the fact that you told me it's coming off the truck, I want to buy it more. Of course, yeah. Because I know this, you, you know, that's the deal I'm getting. Yeah, I might not yeah. even be getting a deal for all I know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but um, we, uh, so I called up my cousin and uh, he has a brick oven for uh, porchetta. Shout out to Esposito's porchetta. <laughs> I mean. I Shout out Esposito's. Yeah, Julia's. All right, to the, to the Mars. So anyway, we did a festival together, and he's like, yo, you got to go to Gaius. You got to go to Gaius. I'm like, eh, you know, I was playing the old school Italian with the change. I was like, eh, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't was blame like, you, though. I don't know, I said. So I go over to his place. He was like, look, I was like, okay. He's like, yo, I got a guy for you, whatever. Call this guy up, whatever. He was like, yo, I just got one off the truck, whatever. I'm like, all right, let's do it, you know. So. Um, Swapped it out. I buy it. I installed it, and uh, I'll never forget. It was a Sunday. I closed. I closed at like one o'clock. I believe one o'clock. I closed, and I finished installing it at um, th- I think three in the morning. Jeez. And my dad, my dad was coming over because my whole family lived at the block. You know, it was like uh, my grandparents two doors away, my aunt Donna across the street, my dad right next to my aunt, and my aunt Carla next to my dad, and then my cousins at one point were living above my aunt. So my dad, okay. came, my dad walked over, he see the light on. He was like, you know, what are you doing? And he comes over. I said, yeah, I just finished installing it, Dad. You know what I mean? I was there by myself. So I fired up, whatever, because I had a, yeah, electric and gas had to hook up. And um, it didn't start. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I said, I know it's not my install. So I called the guy up. So he's troubleshooting over the phone. He's like, just do this. Boom, started right up. I was like, okay. We're in business now. I just got to regulate it to figure out because oil burns hotter than gas. But I never understood the the, the the whole time aspect. I mean, I guess that's what all they could do at the time, my grandparents. So with the oil, you had to turn the oven on, okay? Okay. All right? You don't have unlimited. You have a limited supply because you of have course. oil. Yeah. Turn the oven on. Heat the oven. If you heat the oven, shut the oven. Mop the oven. Jeez. Okay, mop the oven, hot water, burlap bag, spin the mop in the oven to get the seeds, soot, flour, etc. Then sweep the oven. Oh, now we could bake shit. Okay, oh, now you time. bake now you bake all the, the bread for you. You put the bread in and then you put the pies in and the oven's at like, you know, whatever, like 600 degrees, 700 degrees, whatever it is. And then you take everything out. Now for the second load, turn the oven back on, repeat the process. Okay, now with the gas, I wouldn't have to do any of that. Oh, man. I turn the oven on. I cook with the oven because it's a cleaner burn. There's no mopping, sweeping. I mop it still, but it doesn't have to be mopped the way they were mopping it every day. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. We sweep the seeds out, et cetera, but like you, we cook with the oven on. And the, and the better part of the story was like, you know, we saved so much more money between the oil and the gas. And the gas I have unlimited. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I have unlimited. At one point, we're paying $1,500 a month for the oil. Wow. What's the difference now with the gas? <laughs> at that moment, now it's probably like a little bit more, but not by much. $350 for the whole building. Look at the difference. $350 for the entire building. That's a hot water tank heater. That's the gas uh, heater upstairs as needed, you know, wow. for the apartment. That's it. So not only did you, you know, <clears throat> innovate and change the oven, you save the place money. Right. Easier, cleaner burn. And I'm sure the taste is identical. Identical. Oh, so you, identical. And that's when the new generation is helpful. When it, exactly. When it identical. Because I was like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Wow, that's interesting. So, I didn't yeah, know about if it that. Was it for, uh, uh, you know, quick shout out again to Jules? Jules. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you didn't truck. show me, <laughs> right. If you didn't show me that, like, I would probably have never be like, ah, okay. But I was like, yeah, just save money or whatever. So, and on top of that, you're able to pump out more product because you're not spending as much time cleaning, wasting time. You know, all oh, you're man. doing is turning that oven on. It takes about ten to ten to twelve hours to get that oven the right temperature. And but once it's at temperature, it's less time when we actually open. So pregame, as far as like you know, uh, prep everything the day before, turn the oven on for twelve hours, whatever. Heat the oven, shut the oven off. Next morning, turn the oven back on. Yeah. It doesn't take as long. It maybe takes maybe a couple hours. Oh, that's great. You know what I mean? To get it to temperature. And then before you know it, you're just cranking out pies, pies, yeah. bread, whatever. The famous sign that leaves out. Well, thank you for that history on that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the sauce on a tomato pie because if I'm correct, it's different than the sauce that's on a traditional pizza, right? Or um, is it similar? I get, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be similar, you know? Yeah. I'm sure I it's going to I mean, you can't give me your recipe, but it does seem a little more... Um, not as loose as a typical, because the cheese, I guess, would contain most of it. So on, on the tomato pie, it seems like not a, as Brian Simpson kind of said, it was kind of like a tomato jelly almost. Right, right. Well, I, I think if you cook it in the oven, that's 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 what it is. I mean, we have a seasoned oven. We're not cooking it in a of uh, course, baker's yeah. pride or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how it would come out. I, I don't yeah, have I, I wonder if the cheese would have, it would <clears> probably <throat> contribute to a, a watering it down a little bit as well. Well, it would make it soupy. Yeah. You know, because when the people oils ask- from it. Well, when people ask for like a, a tomato pie with, a, you know, red pie with mutts, all right, we could do that, but the tomato pie has got to be cooled first. It can't just go in like a regular pie. Yeah, yeah. Because then it's just going to come out soupy. The whole center of the pie, I mean, I, I, I might pull it out too, too fast and then the, yeah, yeah. the cheese is coming right off. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it has to be cooled and it comes out so much more better anyway. I like your tomato pie too because it, it's not, some people make uh, tomato pies and they're very thick. Yours is yeah. just. Right. It's as thick as the pan sometimes, for the most part, the sheet yeah. pan. It's, it's maybe like right. an inch, maybe an inch. It's just right. It's it's not yeah. too thick. It's not too, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, I, it's, I really enjoy it's it. Like, and then you serve it to the three bears. <laughs> and I, right? A little porridge maybe on the side. That's it, baby. That's uh -huh. it. Um, all right. So the big debate with, with you know, not only uh, people in general, but most Italians, sauce or I know gravy? you're going to say that. <laughs> gravy or sauce. It's whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. I, don't call you, I don't care if you call it your sister's ass. <laughs> But like sauce or gravy, I mean, however you grew up, that's what you call it. We called it in our house, we called it gravy, whether it was my mother's side or my dad's side. Now, I think maybe my mother's mother, my grandmother would call it sauce, but if, or maybe my grandfather did too. I don't know. Maybe they just said the matter now. But on the other side, we all called it gravy. So that's what it is. I mean- it's, it's on your it's on your jars. Uh, we call it yeah, gravy. Yeah, we call the it tag, gravy. The tagline. Yeah, we call it gravy. But I don't I don't uh, discriminate because of what you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to yeah. each his own. Yeah, it's, so for me, growing up, I'm, I'm <clears> half <throat> Italian. I'm half Puerto Rican. So my Italian I tell. <laughs> my Italian side's uh, from Abruzzi. Yeah, up up north, um, in the mount in the mount or whatever. Um, so for me, growing up, uh, gravy to me 
was a, a meat sauce. Right. And, you know, a regular marinara would be just regular sauce. Yeah. And obviously gravy could be turkey gravy. That's a totally different topic. But uh, yeah, so I just I just wanted to know because that's a big debate. I always got to ask every Italian I meet, is it yeah. sauce or is it gravy? Because yeah. you're always going to get a yeah, polarizing right. response. 100%. Uh-huh. Your, uh, your pizza dough is the uh-huh. same dough that you use for your famous stromboli sandwiches, which is one of the newer things that you make, right? This wasn't made years ago? Um, my, no, they still made it, but they didn't make the strombolis the way, the newer strombolis that I make. I mean, my father always made the pepperoni bread and he made the spinach I love as well. pepperoni bread, yeah. Yeah, and he always made, uh, he always made those. So what, what do you do? How do you make them now? What are the uh, special strombolis that you make now? Oh, we do roast pork. <sighs> roast pork, sharp provolone. Broccoli rabe, right? You put broccoli, broccoli rabe on? Broccoli rabe in there, shredded, you know, the shredded pork. The pork's been cooked uh, for 12 hours in the brick oven. Wow. We cook it, we pull it. And then we make, you know, make the stromboli. Then we do the filet mignon as well. So we do a filet mignon with uh, portobello mushrooms sauteed oh. right in, right out. And then the other newcomer was two newcomers. Well, actually the crab we always did. So we also do a jumble lump crab meat as well. Oh, that so must we, be excellent. Well, you have this, you have sauteed spinach, you have uh, sauteed spinach, portobello mushrooms, jumble lump crab meat, mozzarella. I mean, it's almost the same way we make our- Soup to nuts, Yeah. It's almost the same way we make our, uh, our crab pie as well. And oh, then awesome. we also have the, um, the new one is the Italian. It's like an Italian hoagie. Obviously, no lettuce or tomatoes. It's just the yeah. meats. You know, it's the prosciutto di parma, oh. pepperoni, sharp provolone, suprasada, uh, spicy like gabagol. Oh, I would like that. And um, Genoa salami. Oof. And then you get a quart of gravy with that. If you want to dip it, you got it. Like au jus, <laughs> just dip it right in. Right, if you want to dip a little bit, don't go to, don't do the double dip in my house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I fucking see you double dip, and that's yours now. Don't even fucking think about it. <laughs> give, I mean, you, give you the fucking sandal in your head. Uh, oh man, if you could pick a personal favorite of uh, the items that you offer, what would that be? Just a personal favorite of yours? Uh, the tomato pie. Tomato pie, right? Yeah, the tomato pie. It's good, cold, hot. You're right. It is. You come in from a late night. It's always there. I mean, you yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, we bring it down the shore all the time when my friends and my cousins would come down to the shore house. Like, you know, sure. like, yo, Vin, can you bring a pie? I'm like, like, I'm a, like, I'm a joy that I'm like, I was already bringing the pie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know you fucking got owns. Thank you, you know by mean? the way, for bringing one for me. I'm, I'm really yeah, excited no doubt. about I brought, that. Yeah, a quarter of that, a quarter of pizzazz. I was talking to my cousin earlier. He's like, I was telling him who I was recording with today. He's like, oh my God, is he bringing one? I said, I don't know. I'm not going to ask. If he brings, right. he brings it. I'm not going to. I'm know. Italian. We don't show up empty handed. I don't want freebies, you know? <laughs> yeah, we don't show up empty handed. No, I appreciate it. Um, So we kind of touched on it before. You were talking about um not opening all the time so you could be able to do what you have <clears> to do. So it's known that you're open only 15 days a year. Correct. Back in the day, uh, back in the bakery's heyday, you were only you were used to be open seven days a week, right? Yeah. When did that stop, and when did it switch to 15? When you took over? <clears throat> no. Um, probably about 10 years ago, I changed everything. Oh wow! I started getting my hands involved in other endeavors, other business endeavors, and then I was like, I have to just start. Uh, we're going to cut hours, and we're just going to change things. And uh, there was a point where we were running open for, I think, like a year. <clears throat> I didn't open up for a year because I was figuring out the, um, the mechanics of the new endeavors. I was figuring out a few things. And I was like, okay, all right, we're going to open back up. Getting all your ducks in a row. Exactly. Game, game plan. Understanding boom. the fundamentals of what I was doing so I could take that to another level as well. Awesome. And that's exactly what I was doing. So uh, about one year, I believe it was a year, I closed completely. And people were, you know... Ah, he fucking closed. Ah, yeah. yeah, he fucking failed. And I'm like, 
Okay, you probably yeah. never a customer. Okay, <laughs> and if you're watching this, you're still a fan. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah, then we went to 15 days. I mean, it got hype in the past. I don't know, three, four years now. I got real hyped up about it because it's a it's a special experience. Well, it's, once it's an in a experience while. when you come. Yeah. You know, it's not your like I said, it's not a run in a mill. Like you're not a number. I don't treat you like a number. I never have. I value your time. I appreciate you coming in. And guess what? If I am making chicken cutlets, it's a damn good chance you're gonna get one. If I'm making, I'm like, I just eat this. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not getting that everywhere else. You're getting, you know, who you are. You're a number. What what exactly are the fifteen days? Is it mostly it's just a, in the fall? It, it, it varies. It it runs between October and March. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, mean, I, I like probably that. added more days this year because we're doing a whole lot more shipping, so it won't be full menu. It'll basically be like inventory menu. Like, hey, yeah. uh, you know, if I have to be there and we have to make like a hundred tomato pies, I'm like, I have an extra twenty. If anybody'd like one, stop over. Yeah, yeah, like you do on Instagram and you promote and stuff like right, that. Right, exactly. Like, like Papa, I got 10 left. You want them? Come get right, them. Right, exactly. And that, that kind of, it's kind of special when you obtain one, you know, it's kind of like collecting rare oh, items. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, yo, I got one. And I mean, yeah, yeah. You're like, nah, I can't do it. He's only open 15. Yeah, I like that. I'm like a collector and stuff. So I, I enjoy having stuff that not everybody has. You it's know? like on the list at the club, though. It's like, yeah, I got a guy. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, Vinny yeah. said, I got you another one, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So you also, I don't know if you still do it, but. I remember you used to offer uh, like a tasting menu, like a fine dining experience. Do you still do that or is no. that totally done? I got rid of that long ago. Uh-huh. We were doing that for like- um, Fridays and Saturdays, right? Yeah, Fridays and Saturdays. I started that. I mean, we did okay with it, but then I was like, how much could I possibly do? How much could me- how Is much it could, worth it? Right, like, how much could I possibly do as a person? You know, how much could I possibly do? Like I'm working, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, double, Saturday, double, working a half a day, Sunday, I'm off for Monday. How can I possibly do all this? Yeah. It, it starts to take a toll on you, and I had to start just changing things. And, uh, you know, basically, you know, like I said, it's fun now. At that moment, it probably wasn't as fun, and it wasn't enjoyable as it is today because I, I appreciate it more. Yeah. You know, from my day-to-day of what I do on a day-to-day as opposed to, you know, between, you know, real estate, construction, et cetera. Yeah. Um, where I, you know, I don't deal with, you know, uh, sometimes fucking morons, Yeah, you know, <clears throat> as opposed to just, you know, good people just stop it in. Like, you know, just having fun in the back kitchen, breaking balls, having fun. And it's like therapeutic to me. Yeah. You know, I enjoy it that way. Yeah. I, I could see how like that could be, especially if it's only a couple of days a week. Is it really worth all the hassle and how many tables could you have in there? Well, we had, um. I think we had 10 or 12 tables. I think it was 10 or 12 tables. Oh, that's pretty decent. And it was like a fixed menu in a sense or whatever. Um, you couldn't pick, right? It was different every night, right? You just came there, right. booked your shit, and that's it. Whatever you had, you had. Right, right. It was I f- like that. There's some yeah. restaurants that still do that. Yeah, it was a fixed that. menu, but like I said, I was like, nah, this is just too much. I was like, I can't uh, can't keep doing that. Yeah, yeah. I, I got I to gotta, I gotta ask. So one day I'm, I'm walking in the store, right? And I see, I like potato chips. So I'm always grabbing a potato chip. You might know exactly what I'm going to say. So I, I see this hers potato chip. Okay. It's tomato pie flavor. Yeah. So I said, holy <clears throat> shit. But it, you know, it wasn't like your tomato pie. It had the, the Parmesan of the sprinkled on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Joey Corpolis. And it said Corpolis. Yeah. I said, how the fuck are they going to give this jerk off? I mean, right. I don't know if you're friends with him. Yeah, I met Joe, uh, I met Joe one time. How are they going to give him when, when, when yours- mm-hmm was historically before his and yours is pretty well known. 
How the, why didn't they approach you for this potato chip? Well, I don't chip? think they, I don't know how they did it, but I think it was like a voting thing from, from customers submitting things. I don't know exactly how they did it. It was in summer and I didn't give a fuck anyway. I was down at the Jersey Shore living my life. I was yeah, like, I don't yeah, give a fuck. I'm down yeah, at the know. shore. You know what I mean? Uh, I was, I was just shocked. It was really surprising to me to see them. Like, what the fuck you got? Ianelli over here. He's well known. All these right. people, but you're used, I never heard of this fucking place, but I heard of your place. Uh, you know what? I never heard of uh, Corpolis either uh, until I met Joe. I met Joe at like, um, it was like an event at the Comcast Center, I remember. Yeah, that was the time I met him. We were just bullshit. It was me, my little sister, and my niece that uh, that were there. And uh, I I couldn't even tell you how many years ago that was. Oh, wow. That was a long time ago, though. And um, I noticed, like, his, he has the, the Parmesan sprinkled on top. Yeah, they did um, a Parmesan on there. A couple there. of places do that. Yeah, I mean, you could do it if you want it. We don't do it. Is there any reason why you didn't do it or it's just well, a preference? I mean, it's a preference. I think it's based on what the customer would like. I mean, if you want to do it, you can do it when you go home. Yeah, on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, we, we won't do it though. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we kind of touched on this also a little bit. We sprinkled throughout the uh, the podcast and you're a man who wears many hats. I mean, not only are you the owner of your family business, as we've been talking about this whole time, but it's also amazing how, how you're a spear fisherman, <clears throat> which we uh, touched on. And, uh, you know, you include your fresh catches in your cuisine and stuff. You're, you're a man of the sea. Oh, yeah. Um, so so uh, you briefly touched on how you got into it. But when you came back up here, how did you start incorporating that into your business model and you wanted to have your crab fresh? Was it always like that with your parents' tradition? I mean, your grandparents' tradition? or? Well, the, the crab gravy is my grandmother's recipe. Okay. Okay. Um, that's definitely her recipe because, I mean, you know, the crazy thing was like, you know, we were very fortunate to have grandparents on both sides, all of our grandparents. You know, we didn't realize how fortunate my sisters and I were. You yeah. know, we had, you know, my, my other friends, you know, when I was kids were like, oh, I only had my grandma. I was like, oh, really? I was like, I had my grandparents. You know, like you never, you, you never realize how fortunate you had it. Yeah. You know, and then on top of it, I mean, golly knows what shit they were eating. I know what we were eating. We were eating fucking good on Sundays. Yeah. Good. You know, at grandmom's house, if you went to either one of my grandparents' house, either one of the shore points, either. My one grandparents had a shore in Vetner, which is right um, right south of Atlantic City. Okay. Okay. Close to Margate, though, like right there. And we're still there now. And then my other grandparents had a house in Wildwood. Oh, Okay. okay. And I knew how to eat from both sides of the family. I mean, like it was, I used to go down the shore with my uncle at Wildwood on a Thursday. Okay. With my, with my grandmother, my grandfather, my, my uncle, my uncle would drive and I'd go down the shore on Thursday. Immediately when we would stop, get seafood, uh, fresh clams, everything. Yeah. Really, like a champion. And my grandmother who would make crab gravy on that side made it differently from my other grandmother on my bakery side. So grandma cheese made it different than grandma bakery. Oh, okay. You know, <clears throat> I got, I got to buy a, a, a jar of that. But the, sure. cra- but the crab gravy, well, we ship nationwide. I bakery.com. <laughs> Visit us today. That's it, baby. Um, but my grandmother would make the, uh, the crab gravy. And we used to like that one much more because, um, the flavors, probably the, right, excellent. Right. Because we would all be on the beach and it would be like, every Sunday was like the same exact thing. And my grandmother would be like, um, she would leave the beach early to go start cooking. And we already set the table, my Aunt Donna. I, th- I believe that's what we used to do. Me and my Aunt Donna and uh, my two sisters and I, we would set the table. Then my Aunt Donna would take us to the beach. I was very fortunate to have my aunt always take us because my dad, you know, at the, at the moment wasn't wasn't really that involved in us. Okay. Because my parents were divorced. And my aunt would take us to the beach or whatever. And, you know, we would all go and whatever. And then we, we'd stay on the beach with my aunt. And my grandmother, you know, we would get the ice cream man or whatever. Uh I was fortunate to have that. And my grandmother would be like, 
Okay, I thought to him, I'm going to go back to the house. Uh, I started dinner. Uh, Vice, what do you think our grandmama should make? I said, I, I don't know, Grams, what do you want to make? I think I thought to a, a crepe macaroni. I'm going to make a crepe. I said, Grams, don't you make that every week? Shut up, you son of a bitch. You just like your father. I'm like, <laughs> and, and you know, in our house, I mean, cursing is just like a natural, like. Oh, of course, in both it, languages. Well, it's just. It, it's nothing malicious. It's just the terms of endearment. Yeah, it's of course. It's never anything malicious. You know, it's yeah, never yeah. like anything. I mean, my one aunt would call me little motherfucker, and I thought my name was little motherfucker until I was like four <laughs> years old. She'd be like, come here, you little motherfucker. I'm like, oh, hi, Aunt JoJo. Hi, Aunt JoJo. You know? And my grandmother would go back and make the crabs and macaroni, and my sisters and I would be elbow to elbow, gravy dripping down, just fucking- Yeah, all fucked just up. Just eating and enjoying- and then from there, I said, I want to bring that back, you know, and, uh, you know, we've been, what I did was I did a social experiment with the gravy. Okay. okay. I did a social experiment and back before farmer's markets became overly saturated. Which they are, yeah. They're very overly saturated. And um, before also townships, we wanted to like a little piece. Yeah. That's yeah. what they do now. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, that's why we got out of it. But anyway- I did uh, three farmer's markets in, uh, in Bucks County. Okay, I got invited to the one, and then that that host invited us to the other two. I was like, okay, cool. And I took a product out of its own environment, and I brought it to a different environment to see how it would do. Okay. Okay, also the tomato pie as well. So I'd bring the tomato pie as a sample, like the taste. You can buy tomato pies as well. You can buy the bread, the tomato pies, and also the gravy. And uh, I'll be honest with you, like everybody else did like the annual like summer membership. I just did week to week. It was 50 a week to set up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, I was the first one sold out. Wow. I was the first one sold out because like, you know, I could sell ice to an an Eskimo. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But regardless, the product sold itself as well too. Yeah, the taste, everything, beautiful. And um, I was like, okay, now we got to get this online. And now we got to make sure we have this. And now we got to do, uh, you know, we got to do everything we have to do in order to um, um, produce more sales for this product because it's a good product. And then we do the pasta, et cetera, whatever. But then I start, I got involved in the spearfishing back in 08 in the Bahamas. And uh, I said, I could just go do this at the Jersey Shore. Yeah. I got to try this. You know what I mean? And, um, Clearly, I wasn't in the Bahamas. Yeah, so with night and <laughs> you know day. I mean? Night and day. But there are certain times where it is good. And if it is good and there is no fish, guess what? I mean, the crabs are plentiful. Oh, always. Yeah. The crabs are very plentiful. I mean, sometimes you get a bad season, give or take. But for the majority, I mean, it's like just picking blueberries. What What, what is your bait to use? Do you use a chicken? I don't use any bait. Really? I'm just diving. You literally go down there with your hands and you pick them up. Yeah, I'm just dive. Well, I have thick gloves on, thick oh, dive gloves. Wow. I mean, we're just I'm just grabbing them. Oh no! Show shit. on the pylons. Yeah, like yeah, the pylons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Oh, so you're I, not you're not putting the fucking cage in there and waiting. Nah. You're literally going there and getting them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Wow. Nah, you can load up. I mean, especially certain certain times of the season. Yeah, and as long as the the visibility is good, which is also a certain time of the season. I mean, you could just. I'm assuming you got a tank on your back the whole nine, right? Nah, not free at all. diver. Really? Yeah. It's How all, long can you hold your breath for? Two minutes. Oh shit, yeah. But for where I'm at in the shallows, I mean, it's like an eight foot drop, 10 foot drop. Oh, that's not that bad, yeah. That's Four, like my pool. My pool's eight feet. Yeah, 14 foot drop or whatever. When you, uh, you can grab a bunch the, in one swoop, yeah. Start getting the deeper water, it's a, it's a longer breath hold because you're just relaxing your body. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, it's definitely a skill. It's a talent. You have to like the water. You have to be able to equalize, and you have to be able to control your heart rate, and also, yeah. um, you have to be in good, you know, good health and good, like a lot of cardio. You know, I mean, getting down there for two minutes, getting down ninety feet in one drop. Yeah, and then also, uh, you know. You got to be, uh, you got to be alert. You know, you never yeah. know what kind of uh, predator fish you're going to run into at times. Which I really haven't had really that bad of an experience. Oh, good. You know, besides the uh, the crab gravy that that is obviously from the crabs that you actually catch. No. Is there any other um, things that you fish for that you incorporate in your in your cuisine that you offer? Or that's basically it. No, that's it. What that's else do you it. fish for uh, for fun? Um, striped bay. I mean, at the Jersey Shore, it's like striped bass. It's trigger fish. Sheephead and um, but you take a lot of trips though, right? To go oh, yeah, fish yeah, yeah, for the yeah. big I'm stuff. I'm actually leaving Sunday. I'm leaving for Key West. Oh, so I caught you right before it. You all caught right. me. Yeah, I mean, all legends are born this weekend coming up. All legends <laughs> are born in December, but the biggest legend is born December seventeenth. Oh, happy birthday, man! I appreciate that. God bless you. Yeah. Um, so what are you going for when you go out there? Um, well, I would like to say I'm going to go back for Wahoo, but I'm, I invited my two friends. To come along with me. Uh, one's a good free diver from what he was showing me on his video. And my other friend I knew for like 20 years now. And uh, he should be all right. He, he should do all right. But I really did give him the truth. I was like, yeah, it's probably going to be Ryan and I in the water. And you're probably going to be on the on the boat. And uh, when the boat when the boat leaves, the boat doesn't come back. Yeah. Until the end of the day. Yeah, you're so out there all day. Be prepared. But we're not out in like rough season, Key West. We're out like a mile out. Yeah, a mile How from deep the shore. are you going in the water? I'm going to keep us in the shallows. I'm going to keep us in minimum like 25 feet. Okay. So you don't need a tank still. I won't use it. No, we won't you don't use go that deep. No, no, no. But even when I did hit, hit a Wahoo, like um, two years ago, I got my trophy fish Wahoo. And you got I it hanging it. up in your house? Did you taxi? No, nah, I ate room? that baby. I fucking <laughs> ate that motherfucker. I shanked them and ate them. That must've been good. Uh, fresh sashimi on the boat. Ooh. Fresh sashimi on the boat. Yeah. It was a, um, Minute and 47 second breath hold, um, 90 foot drop. Wahoo took maybe about an hour to get everything situated, maybe 45 minutes. I don't even know. But, like, you know, I did a drift, did flashers. Uh, flashers are a thing that, like, um, what's that? I'm not familiar. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, yeah. So we're, you're on a drift behind the boat. You got the flashers, you have a float, um, like a buoy hanging, and then there's a, uh, there's a line drop with these flashers and these flashers mimic like a, a fish in distress. Oh, so okay. imagine like a, a spoon, you know, like shimmers in the water. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. That's what it looks like, you know? And then, you know, I didn't see anything for a minute. And then um, I went down and this guy just came over like a little curious. And then I have a hand flasher too, that I'm just, you know, shining, like trying to get his attention to get him a little bit closer, but I just stay real calm and chill. You know, and as soon as he came in, I was hoping to land a uh, a stone shot is what they call it, where you, you hit it right behind like the gill where the heart is. Oh. But uh, it probably went a little bit further, a little bit more into the meat, which, but it was a good holding shot. The fish ran, but my, my shaft is attached to another buoy above the water. So he had about maybe um, a good amount of line after I shot him. So what happens is, I'll shoot the fish. The fish will take off. I get back to the surface. I yell for the boat. Either the boat, I'll check, uh, I'll circle around for the buoy, or I start swimming to grab the buoy. My oh. buoy, that, my buoy that's floating with the fish, yeah. so the fish can no longer, you know, it tires himself out. In oh, other words, interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
get to the buoy. I start working the line up and I always put, you know, you get push the line away from you. Don't get tangled up in it because if a shark comes up and grabs that fish and you're caught up in that line, guess what? You're fucked. You're fucked. And I'm and the entire time I'm, you know, keeping an eye out too. Is there any shark coming? Is yeah, it going to get tangled? That must be intense, man. You know what, man? I don't I don't look at it like from a scary perspective. I look like I gotta get this motherfucker. I'm eat this motherfucker. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. So you know your adrenaline's going, but you don't wanna get too much. You wanna make sure because you don't wanna use that much energy as you're you're working this fish up. And as soon as you work the fish up, underneath the gills I grab it and uh, you know, I immediately brain it with a knife. I brain the knife, you know, brain the head. I also um, cut the heart to bleed it, and then I'll brain and bleed. And uh, a lot of people are like, oh, the while shark. You're, while you're underwater? Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, the shark. I'm like, nah, we're good. Yeah, because the blood will start coming in the yeah, water. Yeah, but I brain and bleed all the time, every fish. It's a, it's a better way to do it. And then once you open up the cavity of the fish, you get in the in the boat and the ice will actually cool the fish quicker. All this while you're underwater? Well, like I'm at the surface. You're up and down. Well, yeah, I have a snorkel on. I got the, yeah, yeah. the surface and then I get the fish and I throw it right in the uh That's intense. Right man. in the boat. I feel like I'm listening to a National Geographic. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, only I'm Italian. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. I never met a spear I, fisherman, so I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And what's it in? It's in like a gun that you fire yeah, it's a off. Gun. The gun. It's a um, 55 inch uh, rifle gun. I pull it back, four band. Wow. And uh, you know, and you let it rip, and the shaft is attached to a buoy line. You know, a um, I can't think of the right word right now. It's not buoy line. It's a, um, a float line. Okay. The, the, the line actually floats up. So it's not like a regular rope or anything. I'll just be like, you'll get entangled from, but a float line will stay drifted uh, to the oh, top. So it, it keeps it float. extended to a certain right, extent. And it has like um, elasticity in it. Oh. So like, the, you know, the rubber band factor. Yeah, so yeah. And you hit it like. Oh, that's interesting. You know. I, you learn something every day, man. I'm telling you, it, it's, uh, I learned Spear fishing in 08 when I went out and uh, you're addicted. Oh, yeah, I'm addicted. I, I, I met up with this guy. Um, I was away with my 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 brother in law, my ex brother in law at the time. I should say my brother in law at the time, his whole Italian family. They they go to the Bahamas the 29th week of the year. And uh, my sister was there. And then he called me up. He's like, Yeah, I owe your sister a surprise. The surprise is you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that sounds dope. I was yeah. like, what do I got to do? He's like, I'm not. I'm going to buy your plane ticket. I was like, man, this is fucking great. Yeah. I said, you know, I wasn't even in the other businesses I'm in now, but I appreciated it. I get there. And uh, he's like, oh, you got to meet my friend, SB Wu. That was the guy's name. He's a um, physics professor. I believe it was a physics professor at the University of Delaware. I'm like, ah, cool. Well, I, I was like, can I call you Mr. Miyagi? Because I feel like I'm Daniel. I, I usually get that a lot that I'm like... Um, Daniel's, oh, Ralph Macho. Yeah, I always get the Ralph Macho. But I really did. I was like, I call you Mr. Miyagi. I said, it feels more appropriate. <laughs> because he was showing me how to spearfish. He was like... Yeah, teaching you the he way. He was like, right, yeah, right. So he, he brings me in the water and, and you can't use a gun there. You have to use a pole spear. Ah. So like, I, I'm like, all right, this is fucking... I'm just fucking... Like, I don't even think about it. Like I'm, any fish that he was shooting, I was shooting too. So, I was so like, what's right. a pole spear? How do you operate that? Like a, you actually um, pull on it and let go like a bow? It's like a bow, but it's like a, as a, it has a looped rubber band at the end. So what happens is you stick your hand through the, uh, the rubber band and you choke up on oh, the pole. That's so weird. then you're holding the, the rubber band is, is tied to the end of the pole. And then once you let go. Oh, that's interesting. You know? 
So me and him were in there. We became really friendly. And uh, I was like, I got to get my own gear. I got to get my own gear. So I went down to Bohemian Dive. I bought my gear. I was like, ah, this is dope. Now I can go with it. Now I can go and, and do this without SB. I was like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm more, I'm confident now, whatever. And I remember, uh, you know, it was hilarious because like, you know, his whole entire family was there. Um, Mike's brother-in-law. And he's going, he's like, where are you going? It was like 7.15 in the morning or something. He's like, Vince, where are you going? I was like, what? I'm going diving. He was like, but I was actually going with Bohemian Dive. I was doing a two tank dive because oh, I also okay. I also am a certified diver. And uh, he was like, "You're the best person to take on vacation." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, why is that?" He was like, "You do shit and you just do your own thing." I was like, "Yeah, well, yeah. that's what I do, man." So we did that. I mean, you know, fast forward real quick from uh, you know when I met up with SB Will. Fast forward real quick. Um. About two years ago, I got a call from a um, from an agent friend of mine, a realtor agent. They said, "Yo, do you think you'd help this uh, this client of mine out with this property or whatever?" I'm like, "Okay, I'd give it a whirl." You know, I don't really like doing residential, um, so I was like, "Okay, let me see what they got." So I'm talking to this guy or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, this um, a friend of mine's son owns the house, but he's not feeling well right now, whatever." I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, so you don't own the house. He owns the house. He's like, yeah, but there's parents, you know, I'm, fr- I'm, I'm good with their parents. I'm taking care of anything the house needs because they're not here. They, they live in Florida. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, well, send me your information. I'll send you the bid via, you know, you know, give me your email address, whatever. So it said University of Delaware on his email address. So I called the guy up. I said, hey, listen, I said, you, do you work at University of Delaware? He's like, yeah. I said, oh, I said, do you know a guy named SB Wu? He's like, this is crazy. He was like, who's, he was like, guess who's house you doing? I said, I don't know. He goes, his sons. No shit. I said, give me his information. I got to call him right up. Oh, wow. That's crazy, right? Small world, man. Six degree. I mean, he doesn't spearfish anymore. He's a little bit older, SB Wu. And um, such a gentleman. Like I called up, the wife remembered me and I was like, yeah, I was with the Italian family. And I was like, I kept going on. They're like, oh, well, you know, it's so good to hear you. Anytime you come to Florida, on, we're in the West Coast, um, you come with us, you know, come visit us. But I'm like, yeah, it's my, uh, my Vietnamese grandparents. Oh, wow. Yeah. They were so dope. It was so like, it the was really heartfelt. small, man. The world uh, be is surprised. really small. It was uh, real heartfelt. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so crazy. That's how, that was my spearfishy adventure, how I got involved. Uh, that's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good. Like I said, you learn something every day. I never knew anything about spearfishing. Yeah. Ever. What you're thinking about is just focusing on what you're doing. You're yeah. not thinking about work. You're not thinking about... Uh, bullshit you got going on at home or any kind of other nonsense. You're just yeah. focused on what you're doing and you're just relaxing when you're doing it. That's why I love it so much. Yeah. Now yeah. You know, it's definitely, it's definitely nice, especially when you look out and all you see is the open sea. That's a, that's definitely a beautiful, beautiful sight. Blue water. Beautiful. I know. I, I, I never go to the Jersey shore. It, yeah. it disgusts me. The, the sand is terrible. The, the waters are very rough. You know, I don't like that. When you go, you know, the Bahamas or something or DR, you know, anywhere in the yeah, Caribbean, gotcha. like I'll, I'll go in that water. I mean, did you grow up going to the shore? Not really. Most of the time I spent in the shore was when I was in high school going to Seaside, you know, getting a hotel room, getting banged yeah, up, partying all weekend. Yeah. But that's going not, you're not dealing light. with the beach. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I think it has a whole lot to do if you grew up going to the shore. And yeah. I think a lot of people feel the way that you do if they haven't experienced it. And yeah. I do know some people that did go, they, they don't, I, I don't know. I, I think if you, you grew up going there, you're always like, 
As soon yeah. as April comes, I'm down every weekend. Yeah, yeah. Like religiously. Yeah. I'm down every weekend. It's relaxing. It's nice. You can do a little boardwalk, you know, a little ride the bike, et cetera. Yeah. God, it's just like a relaxing environment. Yeah, yeah. I, I was more of a um, a pool guy in ground pools. And oh, okay. I like to just relax. I don't like to go swimming in the ocean. I don't like the beach, the sand. I'm a prima donna. I, I, I hear that. It sounds like you're spoiled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little high maintenance, you know? Uh, to each his own, you know, to each his own. Um. But yeah, I'm definitely, that's interesting to hear all that. I'm definitely uh, dying to try your gravy. gravy. Uh, you started shipping that. Was that the first product you started shipping worldwide? Was your uh, your gravy and, the, and and your other stuff? Or was it just just strictly the, the we sauce? We were shipping the pies. That was um, first? That was the first thing you started shipping? Yeah, I was starting to ship the pies long ago, but I couldn't do it the way I wanted to do it because I didn't have the financing to do it. Yeah. So- you know, that, that has a lot to do with it. You know that was I mean? when I got the pie for you. When you first started shipping is when I came in the picture, right? No, no. I shipped it even before that. Before oh, okay. it was even advertised that we're shipping pies. Oh, you okay, know, okay. I would do it for certain people. I would ship it down or whatever. And I had a different process of doing it. That process that I did is no longer the process I use. The process I use now, even from when I sent you a pie, is much better than when I sent you the pie. It's it was pretty streamlined different. and nice, yeah. It was complete, It's completely different now. It's better now than it was, you know, on the... The whole shipping process, but the gravy, yeah, we we started to ship the gravy, um, and then we we start building the website. And once we had the website, we had this. Uh, we got two big reviews from a food critic in Philly, actually. Um, oh, awesome! Yeah, that actually starts setting the tone a little bit more. Like I said, I I started doing farmers markets to seeing how the product would. Doing it in a different environment than its own, you know, Testing people waters, that aren't yeah. Italian, you know, yeah, you know, different, different cultures, different, um, uh, clientele, yeah, where they're like, yeah, this is unbelievable. Then before you know it, after by the end of the summer, I had people coming up to me saying, yo, I want to get it two cases, damn, Can I get two cases because you're not going to be here this winter because the farmer's market would end after the summer, of course, yeah. So they're like, I want to get a couple cases, and I'm like, all right, this this went better than I had anticipated, you know, because you don't know what to expect going in on it. Of course, it. yeah. You know, I mean, it's and it is a lot of work. You yeah. know, it's not like it's not a lot. It's definitely a lot of work, but I got it down to a science. Oh, good. I really do. You, you have people that you employ to help you out a little bit? or I make all the gravy. I make wow. all the products at the shop. Oh, shit. That's even better, though. It's going to come out the way you want it. Consistency. Yeah. It's always going to taste is good. The, consistency is the key. I make every product in, when the bakery is open. So the crew that I have, there's a set of hands. They help me out, whatever. Uh, but I make everything. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised. Uh, I mean, you know, making 150 pizzas uh, on a Saturday myself. It's a lot. It is a lot. You know, but if I have the prepping crew to help me, then a different story. But if I'm, st I still make it. I still am the one that makes your dough. I make the, the gravy, et cetera, whatever. They're just prepping the other stuff. Might be prepping some of the other stuff, correct? But I make everything. Yeah, yeah that know, makes everything sense. that you had, you, you enjoyed by me. This way, in case you ever tell me, like, yeah, I got a fucking, uh, you made the pie. That yeah, you didn't make, you didn't get it from here. <laughs> you didn't fucking get it from here. I'll tell you that you didn't get it from oh, here. And if you man. did get it from me, you're bullshit because I'm the one who made the pie. Yeah, don't yeah. Don't even yeah. Be like I don't know who made the pie. I know who made it me. <laughs> That's who you're talking to, me. Oh man! So uh, you, you recently just formed a relationship with a gold belly. Yeah, correct. Yep. And that's not easy to get, from my understanding. It's an invite. They don't just work. Yeah, with everybody. Don't work with everybody now. It's an invite. Actually, the uh, the call came through from uh, shout out to my friend Frankie Oliveri on our pet steaks. Um, they reached out to him. And they said, "Oh, uh, 
there's a bakery open 15 days a year. Do you know the guy? And he's like, yeah, I know the guy. And him and my dad were very, uh, were very friendly. Oh, awesome. You know, we, we knew that we knew we both families, even Gino's and Pat's for a long time. And, um, yeah, he put me in connect with them or whatever. And, uh, and here we are, so to speak. Yeah. When that's re- fairly recent, right? It's, it started in September, the partnership. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Has that made your life easier as far as like, uh, their, their shipping system and whatnot? Well, How does I mean, it work? we ship everything. Oh, okay. But it funnels through them. Like do yes. they, they help push it and sell it. It's based upon the national marketing. I mean, they handle all the marketing, national marketing they handle. Oh, interesting. I mean, it's a good partnership. Oh, that's great. Um, how far do you ship? Is it worldwide or it's is nationwide? It nationwide. And okay. when we originally started the shipping prior to Gold Belly, we were already shipping nationwide. Oh, okay. But I think this is the stepping stone that we would need in order to advance to what we what we're trying to accomplish, which is um, um, more national marketing. Oh yeah, no, it makes total sense. Congrats to you and uh, yeah, thank you. Gold Belly. When I saw that, I was like, oh, because I know, like, you know, you gotta you gotta know a guy to get in yeah. there, mm-hmm. or like you said, it's invite only. So yep. it's definitely special, and I'm sure. Uh, the sales went berserk after you got on there. No, nah, they went pretty, you know, they went pretty good. I think it's like, you know, a, a learning curve in a sense. I think it's going to start out, but my sales guy is really good. And he was like, Hey, we expect you to do X amount of uh, sales for, uh, you know, every week, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we're fluctuating right now. Um, but I think give it about a year or so. I think we're, we're going to be there. You know, nothing's going to happen overnight. I mean, everybody thinks that is just, you know, yeah, and it's since you're only open a certain amount of time of year, is the, your pizza is only available still during that time on GoBelly? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So it's even exclusive on the exclusive network. Exactly. That's even better. Exactly. That's cool. Yep. Um, so not only are you a bakery owner, not only are you a fisherman, uh, but you also have Ionelli's Construction Company. Yes. I see you're wearing the shirt right now. Or is that the bakery yeah, shirt? Yeah, it is the bakery, That's but the bakery we do shirt. have the, uh, the hashtag of the property guido. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're also property management, you do rehabs, demos, you're even a realtor, is that correct? Yep. How how did you, oh, you doing all this all while still owning the bakery, and which also makes sense why you're only open 15 days a year because you got to attend to all this other stuff. Uh, how did you get into INLE's construction and all that stuff, being a realtor and whatnot? Um, was that family? Did that start in your family? Or was that, this is also something was, that you well, did on your own? I did that on my own. I mean, I did that on my own. It was, it was um, um, one of my exes, um, she had a friend or whatever that was an agent or whatnot. And, uh, she put us together and we, we originally met, I believe in the summer or something like that. I remember I said, Oh, we're going to go to his house for, uh, like a barbecue or whatever. I was like, well, I'm going to bring food. I was like, He's, they're from Jersey, South Jersey. I'm not going not gonna to insult the North Jersey. You know what I mean? They're from South Jersey. I was like, uh, I better bring some food. You know what yeah. I mean? If you, that just goes hand in hand with any Italian. If, you, if you're going somewhere and you're not familiar where you're going, bring something that you know you're going to eat because yeah. you know you're going to be good with it. I mean, or eat before you go. Because I don't know what, I don't know what the house looks yeah, like. Yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I come from a very clean family. You know, we're clean people. Yeah, yeah. So I've been in many properties where I'm like, fucking, you still living in here? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? It's yeah, crazy. No yeah, I ain't going to do well with me. So anyway, she hooked us up and she said he was looking for somebody, whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, now, I didn't exactly uh, at the time understood what he was doing, but I got my license, whatever. We start working together. I was starting to really work well with it. Um, 
and you know selling properties and then I got involved with um I got involved with some uh, hedge fund companies damn. where excuse me I said damn <laughs> yeah I got involved with some hedge fund companies where um were handling managing their uh, their portfolios uh, as far as like whatever they had um That's major. Yeah. yeah you start dealing with hedge funds just that's a that's big coin. Yeah, we're we're handling uh, you know like I said and we start managing those properties and it just it kind of just kind of snowballed from there. I mean, I kind of plateaued my business relationship with my um, with my mentor, so to speak. So I kind of plateaued over there, and I just went on my own. And uh, you know, I started um, I know these construction because we start getting more business driven from the hedge funds as far as like what was needed for marketing. Okay, you know, as far as like you know, they. It, I'll just give you a small example. Okay, you get an acquisitional buy. Acquisitional buy is basically a a property that's being bought for a acquisitional price better than a wholesaler in a portfolio. Okay. Okay. So that price doesn't dictate what the what the real value is. It'll give you an as-is value of what we would produce and then an ARV value, which would be an after repair value, like to see whether or not the client should invest the money in the repair or should we just sell it as-is or is oh. it occupied or vacant, you know? So- um, and we started handling a lot of the, uh, the repair factors and remodeling and, uh, uh, just full property rehabs as far as, um, you know, for the hedge fund clients. And, uh, I'm really, uh, humbled by it, to be honest with you. You yeah, know, God's I was blessed, fortunate, man. you know, I was fortunate. I came from a lot of humble beginnings and I never forgot where I came from. And that really is one of the selling stones, uh, that I stay with, you know? And the bigger thing is I'm also, um, a lot of clients are in California. So a lot of them are in California with just an email response. So emails are good with me, but I like to talk to people on the phone. Of course. Because you get to understand the person and you understand their personality and how they expect things completed or whatever. So my other thing was I like to do old school sales and just put a face, you know, a face with the voice. So I would just keep yeah. flying out to California, meeting different clients. And they just, you know, a lot of them were like not even expecting that. Like, oh, what do you mean you're here? I'm like, yeah, I'm here. I'm going to do a host a luncheon or whatever, you know, as a thank you. I want to host a luncheon and I, you know. I like pick, a gentleman. Like a gentleman. Exactly. Yeah. And then you start meeting more people and that's just how it goes, you know. And before you know it, if I didn't respond back on an email or something right away, they'd be like, oh, who's who's on that file? Like, oh, oh, you know, Enzo's on that file. I, I ain't got to worry about that guy. Yeah, yeah, he'll get back to you. Don't worry about it. I mean, because I, I've seen a lot of like um, bad work in some of these in some of these um, properties that we're in, like bad work where like we're fixing fuck ups, a lot of fuck ups, and then I seen other work where I'm like, why are we doing this? You know, and and the client really appreciates the um, the honesty. Yeah, well, yeah, the honesty. And the ethic that you bring to them as far as like, you're not just trying to make a dollar at the end of the day, you're showing them, Hey, I don't know why we're doing this in a marketing repair. Yeah. Like it doesn't need to be completed. You know, let's just get it moving um, and get this property listed and, you know, get it to the table. Yeah. So we could unload it, you know, cause every day, you know, there's a holding cost, you know, even for a hedge fund, you know, it, there's a holding cost. For everybody, if you're an investor and you go buy a property or I show you a property, I'm going to do the same exact thing in my, you know, in my formula to get you to where you want to be with more financial freedom as far as 
what's your goal here? Is this a fix and flip? Is this a buy and hold? What what, yeah. what, what is your, um, what exactly do you want to do? And I'll help you guide you through it and then we'll get it done. You know? So. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I could tell, um, like I said, I, I never met you till today. Today was the first day I met you, but I've talked to you briefly. And from the first moment I met you, you you're not lying. You do like talk on the phone. Yeah. And you and I talked on the phone for a little bit and then we didn't talk for a couple of years. And then boom, the other yeah, couple months ago, whatever it was, uh, when I asked you if you wanted to do this, you called me right away. Yeah. We talked on the phone and, uh, you know, we picked a date, you put in the calendar and I, I got to tell you, when I record podcasts with people, the hardest part is scheduling. Yeah. And, you know, I'm busy, busy in a sense, uh, not necessarily with work, but I have my regular job. I have my son, me and my wife have separate schedules. So I'm with him during the day. I work at night. My wife's works in the morning. So we have opposite on the weekend. It's us. So when I schedule podcasts, I try to do them with people at least like a couple weeks in advance. Yeah. Because I, I need to plan my life and I got to spend time with my family. Of course. So when I scheduled it with you and we picked that date together and uh, then I was thinking about you earlier on a couple weeks later and then you messaged me, are we still good for the 10th? I knew you were ace as soon as you did that. Actually, let me cut into that. First off, I chose the date because you're like, yeah, hey, you want to do it like in January? I was like, January? No, let's get this. Let's, oh, get, yeah, let's, yeah. let's move this. <laughs> Make sure we add that in there. Because <laughs> you know I, mean? I was like, yeah, the 10th. I think the 10th will work. I was like, let's do it. Whatever yeah. the 10th. And by the way, there's a fucking monsoon outside. And I yeah. still showed up. <laughs> you trucked you know, here with, with fucking. <laughs> I still showed up with bells on. Yeah. No, I you knew. Know? Like after that phone call, I was talking to my wife because we, you know, we're very, you know, we're, we're best friends. So I was, I was yeah. like, you know, I booked to this guy. I'm like, I bet you, because I've had a lot of kids. Like yesterday, I had to cancel for somebody else. I was like, I guarantee you this guy will be here. I could tell by the way you carry yourself, uh, the how personable you are on Instagram yeah. and stuff like that. I'm like, this guy means business. And sure enough, like a week prior, you're like, are we still good for the 10th? I'm yeah. like, of course, I was just thinking about you. So I, I really appreciate that. Oh, yeah, and no it translates. Doubt. I mean, listen, I mean, your time is valuable. My time is valuable. Yeah. I'm not, I don't like wasting people's time and I don't like my time being wasted for anything whatsoever because like we're all busy. We all have busy schedules, no of matter course. what it is, whether it's life, family, life again, Business, and shit yeah. happens. I'm yeah. going to throw that one in there. Shit happens. Yeah. But you know, you have a, a commitment and I like to make, move forward with my commitment. That's probably why I'm busy the way I am. And that's why I'm, I'm very fortunate to be in the position I'm in with, you know, my clients where- they understand, you know, I understand, you know, uh, a timeline that needs to be executed. And if there's not a hiccup that comes into play, we try to accomplish that yeah. goal. I mean, there's sometimes unrealistically, they'll be like, so do you think this? I'm like, yeah, I got to yeah. be very honest with you. We'll do our best, but I can't guarantee you the yeah. sun, stars, and the moons here. I mean, and that's not because it's on my end. It's because of different scheduling of different subs, whether it's an HVAC or whether it's a- Gotta um, be realistic. Or a painter. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, you know, and they're like, you know, I actually have a, I'm on a deadline right now for a, a property that uh, we've been working on. And they said, you know, I think we can get it done by Friday. I'm like, Friday when? They're like, <laughs> the 15th. Now listen, that was already on my timeline because I'm leaving the 17th and I like to make sure everything is buttoned up beforehand. But- you know, the other word was, uh, you know, my client using it was like, hey, he was like, uh, you know, we want to get this house on the market. I'm like, okay, we have to be very honest with each other here. You know, the, the week of Christmas, nobody's buying anything. And I understand you want to get it off the table on your end so you can move forward to, you know, marketing, et cetera. And then the following week, but I will do my best to do what we have to do yeah. in order to execute this property and get it, you know, on the market immediately. Yeah. But, you know, once again, uh, we're waiting on, I'm waiting on one sub, once the one sub finishes, because we're waiting on a change order. We did the change order was approved, which, you know, a lot of times it's hurry up and wait with certain clients, you know, hurry up and wait. 
hey, I'm waiting on you. You know, you get the yeah. change order a week later. And now you want me to tell the HVAC guy, hey, like he doesn't have anything to do. Like, hey, he yeah. was just waiting on this one job. And I'm like, hey, you know, let's get this. Once we get him in there, then we can bring the painter in. Can't paint without heat. That's true. Especially where we were at in the Northeast. Can't paint without heat. Yeah. Same thing within in Florida area. You're not, you know what? If you don't have power or if you have a fucked up air conditioner, guess what's going to happen? Mold in the entire house. Yeah. So now what are you going to do? Now you got to rip everything the fuck out because you're going to have black mold, you know? Five steps back, yeah. Five steps back, exactly. So, you know, we I can't do paint without the, the HVAC guy coming in. So, but anyway, long story boring of it. Uh, we'll get this executed. And getting back to what you said, yeah, I don't like to cancel for any anything. I, I never cancel. I'm always on time. I mean, with the exception of today, I'm usually always on time. Uh, I expected the rain. I know. It, it, the rain was the delay. I mean, fault. people don't know how to drive, and there was a delay on the NJ Turnpike. Um, and apparently they're doing fucking construction on it again. I, I thought yeah, that I was all done. I don't know. but uh, It's always something, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe yeah. a couple of union guys got to get a manila envelope of song. <laughs> it's always that manila, man. <laughs> the manila envelope, always. The manila runs the world, man. Hey, listen. But yeah, no, I, I appreciate your professionalism. Um, hearing your story today, too, it's inspiring just to see how you, you know, you really did all this on your own. I love that. You got to, you know, you go forward. I love it. I really miss your property Guido videos. You got to bring those back. Oh, we're man. bringing those back. I mean, um, some of the houses I haven't even been been going in where I'm like, eh, it's not even worthy. You yeah. know, it's not even worthy. Some of them. Some of them were fucked that you used to post the demos you were doing. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Shit's all over the place. Oh, man. Uh, man there's some of the properties we go in, I'm just like, it's, people were actually like, like living in there. I'm like, fucking, you got to be shit, me. You were living in here? South Philly's rough, man. Have you ever had run-ins with like thugs and stuff over well, at your bakery? No, no. I mean, wh one of the thing was was uh, I mean, most of the properties we handle are in uh, you know South Jersey area. Or is it North Philly? That's that's the rough one. Is it South or, or North? I think it's more or less the entire I city. Forget. I mean, every neighborhood. I'm sure it's like here. Every neighborhood has certain pockets that are really well. You know, where everybody is. Um, um, everything's good, but a lot of times, I mean. In every city, you know, you can't people you can't avoid from people walking in your neighborhood as far as like you know what their intentions are. You guys got to stay, uh, you know, street smart. How far are you from Kensington? Um, probably like twenty minutes. Oh, that place is crazy. I've been seeing videos pop up. Lately. I, I mean, like, it's what? it's Zombieland, you know, man. It's a damn shame to be honest with you because you know, in my real personal opinion, like I really feel bad for those people because it's like you know, it's like somebody's son, daughter, aunt, uncle, mom, dad. It's somebody's family yeah. that's out there, and I understand a lot of people make the videos. They showcase that the city just doesn't take care of it, or you know, or try to help, or whatever it is, or. And I understand certain people are just far, so far gone where you're just, you're just never going to get to them. And some other people are not. I mean, some people you could definitely rehabilitate them to and help them. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but it's it's crazy. I mean, when I see these videos, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty bad. It's I mean, zombie land over there. Considering, I mean, a lot of people from different parts of the country know about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's I mean, gone viral, man. It's gone. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty bad. It's, it's bad over bad. here in Patterson too, in Jersey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bad heroin issue there, but like Kensington is like on steroids. It's on another. It's yeah. really sad, and I don't know if yeah. that could even be repaired. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, prayers, uh, prayers going out to that people's family. Yeah. So, um, what's in store for you? You briefly touched on it. Can you touch on it a little more, or or you have to keep that Captain Pepperoni under wraps for now? Besides just knowing that you're going to do something with it. 
What's in future uh, for Ionelli and, and any of your other businesses? Do you have I mean, any plans for 2024? I mean, I think so. I mean, um, we're going to focus more, obviously, more on our shipping. Um, we're still going to continue our 15 days. That's just not going to change whether I'm in, you know, living in Florida or not. I mean, we're still going to be there. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's just part of my heritage uh, with, you know, just growing up in that neighborhood, my family. But uh, moving forward, we're actually going to be recording this Friday pizza kits. So that's oh, yeah? going to be something new. Yeah. And actually that's, that's more targeted towards, um, the kids, you know, and that's where Captain Pepperoni is going to make a make a debut. Oh, that that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so we're going to be doing uh, pizza kits. So we start filming on Friday, and they're going to be. Um, oh, I can't wait to see it. Like yeah. videos to teach the kids how to do it and stuff like that. It's going to be a video tutorial, kid friendly, educated as far as like you know, you know, like just give you an example. You know, you wash your hands. You know, get the apron on. Oh, I got to get and that to my start, son when you make it. Yeah, we start making the pie together. The aprons will be personalized with the child's name. Yeah. You know, we'll send it out to you, but you get everything. Oh, you that's get amazing, the pan, man. the dough. You get five pies and uh, five different ingredients, you know, five different toppings. Like, I'll make five different pizzas, et cetera. And then, uh, you know, it'll just be a funny, quirky video of us making the pizza together of which pizza it's going to be. So five different pizzas, five different videos. You know, watch the video together hit the QR code, we make the pie. And then if we'll see how things progress with it, if it goes really well, then I'll slap in a few platinum tickets with like a $1,000 flyer voucher, depending on where oh, it's wow. going in the country, where the kid could get flown in with his parents. We'll make the video together. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I've seen you've done a lot of uh, charities and stuff for like uh, local events and stuff like that. Yeah, we, we, we've done that last year. Um, this year, we're going to be doing something different, something similar, but, but a little different. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, so always got to give back to the community. Yeah, you know, yeah of course. If it helps you, you know, you got to help other people. Yeah, yeah, Always believe in that, paying it forward. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for coming. I, I really appreciate it. It was really nice to finally meet you. Um, if you can give your Instagram website address to anybody, plug yourself in. I know uh, that. Please do. Yeah, so you can follow me on Inelly's Bakery on Instagram, Inelly's Bakery on Facebook, Inelly's Bakery TikTok, Inelly's Bakery on Twitter, Bakery.com. I'm in uh, the heart of South Philadelphia at 1155 East Passchonk Avenue, Philly, PA, 19147. If you want to send a birthday card, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe put a check in there. Don't put any cash in there in case the postman sniffs it. Uh, a little you know? manila. Thrill in manila. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me a little manila envelope in there. Birthday's on the 17th, uh, for those of you that don't know. Oh, man. Uh, I don't believe in doing the whole, uh, what's, that, what's that thing called? The donation site? Go for, I don't do the GoFundMe. Go <laughs> Cash only. <laughs> Cash only. Well, thank you for coming, Vinny Vincenzo. Appreciate you having me. Thank you, brother. Have a good one. You too, man. Thank you.